it's almost like he didn't get the memo. He actually acts. Right. You know, and you're like, what is this guy? Oh, acting. What? <laughs> I guess five different endings were shot for the movie, and then uh, and the released one is the tamest one. Or does that say lamest one? He's nominated for something almost every year. I know. But he has such haters, that's what I don't understand. Yeah. Here we are again, the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not the holidays. It's Oscar time, and it's time for the annual Skeletons in the Closet. Welcome. This is the Fright Club podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com, and this started many, many years ago. Oh, forever ago. When we started having fun every time at Oscar time, because we just noticed that pretty much everyone who's nominated for an Oscar has a bad horror movie <laughs> in their past. Some have many. Yes. Uh, and sometimes, I honestly, you do have to look deep. You do. They're buried in there, but yeah. they're almost always there. <laughs> and uh, so we have fun uh, every year at this time doing a podcast about it. They're skeletons in the closet. Maybe, heck, maybe they're proud of them. That's right. Uh, maybe not. But uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's their journey on the way to an Oscar nomination. So whatever, whatever happened, it all worked out well. And we've got some good ones this time. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the the Oscars, which are coming up soon, what the uh, competition is, mm-hmm. if this person is going to win. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we do. But um, so that's this uh, that's this time out. And we're glad you're here. And last time out, we were in front of that great gateway crowd. And boy, we watched uh, some kind of movie called Wake in Fright when we talked about towns that won't let go. Yeah. You know, um, it, it was a tough movie to program. We thought we've thought about it a number of times. We finally, you know, it, it, it makes our list periodically because it's it's just such a, a memorable film. And it, it does is, so yeah. many fascinating things. And the last time uh, out that we talked about it, it came up, you know, in, in a podcast. And we just sort of gauged the audience. And no one there had ever seen it. Not on a big screen, not at all. No so, one. So ding, we're ding, like, ding. okay, we're yeah, going to have to get it. But it is, you know, if you are going to watch it. I mean, it's a fascinating movie. It's incredibly well made. But you just, you need to know that... You know, they they do actually shoot uh, kangaroos. Yeah. It was part of a planned thinning, you know, that yeah, the government a, does. There's a very interesting disclaimer at the end of the movie and uh, then talking about it. The but still, br- it's hard to watch. But also the brutality that you see, that's all yeah. editing. They don't really bludgeon any, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, but right. so, but it's, it's, it's a tough, so that was our first ever trigger warning. Right. Anyway, just know it if you go into it, but it's a fascinating movie. And also I want to thank uh, Maddie. Uh, lovely to see her as always. And she brought up, and I can't believe that we forgot this completely because it's the whole point of the movie. Right. Vivarium. Vivarium. Yeah, that was just a few years ago. It was, and uh, and and it and and I just can't believe that we didn't even think about it. Yeah, Seth, they 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 really couldn't leave. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. And then Seth brought up Men, which is a yeah. great suggestion and also a great movie. I love that movie. That Gorgeous. Was so good. Yeah. But uh, very interesting. It was an interesting topic and a very, very interesting topic and fun to dig into. And despite how tough it can be to watch, really interesting and, and fascinating to watch that movie on the big screen with so oh, many yeah. people who had not seen it. Oh, almost, yeah. almost everyone. Yeah. And, it. and it's I mean, it's it's it is quite a movie to watch. It is. Um, yeah. It's so uncomfortable. It's it so it's and, like and a nightmare. You can't, this guy cannot leave. Yeah, it is. The Yabba. And, the yabba. and I lo- it's my favorite Donald Pleasant's performance. <laughs> yeah. He's, re- you know, he's, he's really so good. many, he's in so many horror movies, he's so many good ones, so many bad ones, whatever, you know, but in that one, you're like, oh, damn, he can act. Yeah. Yeah. And he's such a, it's such a, a weird and, 
well, everybody's dirty, everybody's sweaty, and everybody's drunk. So but, drunk. But he's just, he's almost Oliver Reed-like. Oh, yeah. You know, in his unseemly manner. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yet he's the town doctor. Yeah. You're like, oh, man, we're in trouble. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for the great crowd. We look forward to doing it again uh, next month. Every month we do the Fright Club Live at Gateway Film Center. If you're in the area at all of Columbus, right. Ohio, please come see us. But uh, yes, it is Oscar time, and uh, boy, we've got the benefit of having the SAG. We just last night was the SAG Awards, right? As we taped this, so definitely got some some insight into who we think might win from the SAGs because mm-hmm. we always look at that. Oh yeah, uh, to see. So we'll dig in. We've got some fantastic nominees who have just done some incredible, incredible work this year and deserve to be uh, nominated, and they also deserve to be, uh, you know, spotlighted (laughs) for their horror past. That's right. Even if they're not that great. Skeletons in the closet. So there are some that didn't quite uh, make make the list, but definitely worth a mention, and that is one of our favorite nominees this year, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah. I mean, we love Poor Things. That was our favorite movie of 2023. Yeah, great, great movie. And one of my favorite aspects was seeing Mark Ruffalo be so great in a role you would never have predicted him to play. right. It was such a weird role for him. Love him. And, and he, he's up for Best Supporting Actor. He is. So glad he got a nom- nomination. If I were voting, I would vote for him. Yeah, he's I my favorite. I don't think he's going to no, win. No, he's my favorite uh, in that category for yeah. sure. I don't think he's going to win either. And and the thing is that he's a co-star years ago in the movie The Dentist, right? Corbin Burnson is, a, is an insane dentist. And it's not a very good movie. Right. Um, but the thing is that we've we've talked about it before because he's, his of course, debut. Ruffalo yeah. has been nominated before. So we it didn't make the list this year because there are, you know, others we wanted to squeeze in. I mean, actually, I'm quite a fan of that film. Stuart Gordon uh, movie. We yeah. met him once. Yeah. Lovely man. And uh, and uh, Ruffalo has like it's like uh, got the, the sweater over his shoulders tied mm-hmm. in front of him, <laughs> you know, and he's one. It's almost like he didn't get the memo. He actually acts. Right. You know, and you're like, what is this guy? Oh, acting. What? <laughs> uh, so it's fun. And, yeah. You know, he's he's got a fun role in that. And that's always a fun one. And then, of course, a lot of the uh, a lot of the actors who get nominated are in some, particularly this year, some of the greatest Good horror movies, films ever yeah. made. So those right? don't count. No. Those are not skeletons in no, the closet. No, but we want to celebrate them because anytime I can talk about The Silence of the Lambs, oh, yeah. I'm going to do that. And actually, Jodie Foster has made The Little Girl That Lives Down the Lane is not a good film. No. It wasn't bad enough to make this list, but um, but that's worth a mention as well. But not only Silence of the Lambs, 28 Days Later, Killian Murphy, that's another one of the all-time greatest horror films. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, he was in A Quiet Place Part Two, yeah, which good. is very good. And Red Eye, which is eh. Yeah, it's not very good. It's not nearly bad enough to make this the list. The skeleton, right. Yeah, but... Um, Those are worth a mention. For worth sure. a mention, but some good films. But no, we're all about the skeletons uh, this time out. And you know, and before we dig into this, speaking of disclaimers of our own, we totally realize that there are all sorts of factors that go into who's going to win the Oscars. We get it. It's not a meritocracy. There's politicking. There's all kinds of backstabbing and crap. We get it. We do this because it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to talk about. Oh, yeah, so for sure. So we enjoy doing it. Yeah. All right, let people enjoy things. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're doing it. So we'll dig into number five in our list of Skeletons in the Closet 2024. And this is a movie from 1999, and it's a suburban housewife learns that she has a dream world connection to a serial murderer and must stop him from killing again. Two, this is double up That's here, right. Oscar nominees this year, Annette Benning and Robert Downey Jr. in In Dreams. Have you considered that what she's saying might be true? I don't think my wife is making this up. Get out of my brain. Get out of my brain. Get out of my brain. Leave me alone! 
Probably one of them was a family. He wants to stop. He wants me to stop him. No! What's happening, Claire? I drifted. And it's going to happen. The man I love. Claire? What happens to him? He dies. I can live with that. Okay, so Robert Downey Jr., he's up for Best Supporting Actor uh, this year. We just talked about another nominee, Mark Ruffalo, and we think Robert Downey Jr. is going to win. He won last night the SAG Award. I don't think that was a big shock. Um, I think it's a pretty pretty good lock he's going to win Best Supporting Actor this year. Yeah, so he's up against Ruffalo, of course. Also Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon. Sterling K. Brown, I was so glad to see him get nominated. Yep for um, American Fiction, and then Ryan Gosling for Barbie. Yeah, you know, and this is just one of the... This year, maybe, I don't know if it's recency bias, but it just seemed, I don't want to say more than any other, but it just seems like this year, so many of the categories are just stacked. I mean, they're great, and you're just splitting hairs with some of these performances and some of these films, and man, every every name you read off, I'm like, holy crap, they were good. Oh, so good. And that's going to continue in pretty much every category. Yeah, it's true. But I do think, I mean, I think we both agree, uh, especially with the SAG last night. Oh, yeah. Said, it's a, I think it's a lock. I think that's pretty much of a lock. And, of course, Robert Downey Jr., he's made uh, Gothica, which was terrible. Mm-hmm. And he also made the Zodiac, or Zodiac, which was great. Yep. So he's got, a, he's got you know, uh, he's got a handful of horror films in his past. Uh, Benning does not. This is really the only one that she did. And she's... Oh, she's up for Best Actress uh, for Nyad. And she was very, very good. She very was. Good. And if you haven't seen that film, it's on Netflix. And it's really worth checking out, especially if you don't know the story of Diana Nyad and the kind of person that she was. And Benning just nails it. Yeah, we don't think she's going to win. We no. don't think she has a shot, actually. But what I'm glad to see her in there. She's up against Carrie Mulligan for, for Maestro, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Emma Stone for Poor Things, and Lily Gladstone. Again, I know for a, for Killers of the Flower Moon. What a category! That's a, yeah, it's crazy. God, stacked. just crazy really stacked. fantastic performances. But this movie is not good. And actually, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in dreams, uh, actually, co-writer the co-writer uh, criticized the film after its release, and he said, "quote It was a complete and utter mess from top to bottom. I thought Jennifer Eight was a low point, but Christ Almighty, this hit the floor and dug." Unquote. <laughs> That's from the co-writer. <laughs> You know, it's a funny thing because so Neil Jordan directed this, and right. it's based on a novel, and the novel is called like Doll's Eyes, and that I'm not read the novel, uh, I didn't look it up, but I mean the fact that it's called Doll's Eyes suggests to me that the novel has uh, metaphors that are not at play in this one. And the metaphors that are at play in this one are all over the place. There's apples everywhere for not any particular good reason. There's uh, one of the things that happens is that. Of course, Neil Jordan, I mean, he's made some great movies, but one of the ones is Company of Wolves. This, this is uh, one of his early sort of big people love it. And it's a it's a fairy tale. It's exactly what it is. So it feels to me like he is trying to create a fairy tale out of this film, not at all convincingly. It's just so hacked up and it doesn't make any sense. And it of course, is. Downey Jr. doesn't show up. He's not actually in the film until the, the, the third act, um, although he's. Everywhere in the trailer. So if they were trying to hide something from us, it didn't work. And the ending is is so bad. It's, <laughs> it's got like a Candyman ending. And you're like, well, that doesn't fit with anything at all. Yeah. It's just not well made yeah. at all. And this not a good, not a high point for, for Downey Jr. at all. Because for, after his 1996 drug arrest, he'd been clean for most of 97. But uh, during filming this, he relapsed back into drugs. And that threw his career into another 
a downward spiral, which happily he has come out of now yes, and doing yeah. and doing some uh, great work and probably going to win, as we say. But this one, definitely a skeleton in the closet. It's almost, especially toward the end, as you say, it's almost campy. Like, what are you doing? I know, and it's too bad because there is a lot of talent. There, oh, I mean, my Lord, yeah. Neil Jordan, yeah. you know, and, and these two and the whole cast, you know, uh, it's an Aiden Quinn. I always love to see Aiden Quinn stuff. And it just, it, no no part of it really works. It just feels so slapped together from a whole bunch of, of non-matching ideas. Yeah. Yes, and that is In Dreams, a skeleton in the closet for both Annette Benning and Robert Downey Jr. from 1999. Okay, number four on our skeletons in the closet this year. Boy, this is a turd. <laughs> oh, man. This, this is a couple agreeing to have their deceased son cloned. Under the supervision of an enigmatic doctor, but bizarre things start to happen several years after his death. Robert De Niro in 2004's Godsend. I don't want another child! I want Adam! I want him! (laughs) Excuse me. I'd like to help you. Help us? My clinic has perfected a procedure by which a single cell could be used to create a genetically identical fetus. You can have him back. There's something you're not telling us. Adam's changing. He's destructive. We talked about the possibility that things could change once Adam crossed the age at which he died. You set me up. You experimented with a human life. You think I'm him? Do you have any idea what you've done to my son? You think you can just open Pandora's box and then just close it again? So De Niro, of course, who is also nominated for Best Supporting Actor. For Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, and he, he was great. He was I mean, great. lately in his in the last several years, he has made some bad movies. But yeah. then a movie like this comes along, of course, working with his favorite director, uh, Scorsese. You you realize, holy crap, man, yeah, he can still bring it. Yeah, you're reminded of just how great he can be. Yeah. But then, yeah, uh, I mean, along the way, he he does. He just cashes some checks. This oh, was yeah. a check that Especially was Especially the cashed. comedies. He does yeah. some awful, awful comedies. But uh, he's great in this, and he's up against, well, we already said two of them. He's up against Ruffalo. He's up against uh, Robert Downey Jr., Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, and Ryan Gosling. And Ryan Gosling, yeah. So uh, fantastic performances. But uh, he, so he's made, of course, some great horror films, Cape Fear. Oh, my. Um, Angel Heart, which is he's maybe not great, but it's very good. I'm a it big is. fan, and he's great in it. He he's is, great yeah. in Angel Heart. And he's made some bad movies, Hide and Seek, Frankenstein. Yeah. 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 Um, but this is the worst by far. Uh, and it's and so uh, and it's Greg Kinnear and Rebecca Romaine. And, yes. uh, you know, so it's not. And then also Cameron Bright. Do you remember him? He was um, he was everywhere for a while. Thank you for smoking. He was like, just oh, yeah. it kid for a while. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. In a, he's in one of the X-Men movies. And he's he's not bad in this movie either. It's just a bad movie. You know, you, and it kind of reminded me. You just reminded me. Greg Kinnear. I mean, he was nominated for an Oscar yeah, he was. for as good as it gets, and he and he's kind of disappeared over the last few years. And he was good. Yeah, yeah. He, he has he has made some some decent movies, and he's been good in them. I think in the last few years, he makes a lot of faith based films. Yeah, and so often those are just not yeah, a lot. Of, yeah, a lot. But we of course we have a soft spot for him going all the way back to he was the host. Remember when he hosted the uh, the show on the comedy on the Comedy Central Network? He was one of I think he was the first host. Of that talk soup. of talk soup, yeah, and he was hilarious. He was hilarious. That's yeah. We followed him to film because of that yeah, show. He was great. But, yeah, he uh, was great. Anyway, so uh, yeah, this is really bad. And uh, <laughs> De Niro, I guess, had originally planned on just providing a brief cameo, uh, but then the director, uh, a guy named Nick Ham, 
He heard De Niro would be interested, and then he asked De Niro to participate. A few more scenes that were all filmed in about a week, and apparently De Niro later regretted it because, of course, his name and likeness were all over the ad oh, yeah. because it's De Niro. Oh, yeah. But it's one of those, you know, cloning and the, the almost a changeling type thing. And oh, there's yeah. Pet Cemetery and so many type of these films, this type of horror. And this one is another one that is almost comical. Yeah. I mean, they just don't do anything new or interesting. No. And so they coast along. And it's one of those movies where you just keep looking at these big famous faces going, what, what possessed you to be in this film? <laughs> I guess five different endings were shot for the movie, oh. and then uh, and the released one is the tamest one. Or does that say lamest one? <laughs> <laughs> tamest one. And, you know, the worst thing, uh, I think, for these, the, the most fun is when they're so bad that you get some sort of ironic enjoyment out of watching it. Yeah. This is not one of those, really. This is one that's also just quite boring. It's just bad. It's not it well is. made. It's just dull. Yeah, like where's the horror coming from? Yeah. Yeah, and that's for some reason in a horror movie, according to this, they released the tamest ending. Maybe she should have just gone for it. Yeah. Just go completely over the top. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Godsend from 2004 and uh, current Oscar nominee Robert De Niro. That is a bad one. So... Moving up to number three, and this is from 2009, and it's a social worker fighting to save a girl from her abusive parents, only to discover that the situation is more dangerous than she ever expected. Bradley Cooper in Case 39. People die around her. Not by her own hand. They just die. Ah. Going on. He was killed last night. Slaughter's would be a better word. Scared. Not of me. You know I'm not crazy. Emily? We need to get me. Go! They'll never stop. So the star of Case 39, of course, is two-time Oscar winner Renee Zellweger. Yeah. It's one of your favorites. You actually, you you bring it up every time. You're like, Case 39, we're going to talk about Case for 39, right? Because it's just, it's so incompetent. It is. It was such a surprise uh, because it's so incompetently made. It's a terrible copycat of The Ring, and it just wastes, so not just Renee Zellweger and... Bradley Cooper, Ian McShane, mm -hmm. it just wastes a remarkable cast. And I don't know why, if this is why Bradley Cooper was in it. They were dating for a while. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's what, or I don't know if they met on this. I don't know. Because but, it's a it's a pretty small and entirely thankless role. Yeah. And he was easily, in 2009, much too big of a star to I be know. in it. I know. I remember thinking that at the time. What is he doing? Because his star was really on oh, the yeah. rise. And, of course, he is up this year for uh, Best Actor for Maestro. And I'm going to go off on my Bradley Cooper tangent <laughs> here because I think he is so good. And I think he is still almost criminally underrated. I mean, he why he... Didn't get nominated for director for Maestro uh, is beyond me. It is a fantastic movie and a great directorial effort. I mean, he was he did a great job on A Star Is Born directing, but this is a big leap, a big leap. It's so ambitious, it's so big and showy as it should be for the subject matter of the film. And but he's he gives a great performance, so he got he got nominated for that. I'm glad. 
But to, and the film got nominated for best film. Glad about that too. But man, he's a good, really good director. It's a funny thing. Um, I think I think underrated is the wrong word because he does. He I gets know, he's nominated, nominated for something I almost know. every year. I know. But he has such haters. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. He has such. There are so many people who just. I see needlessly venomous. I know. I was reading him. one just the other day on on social media where a guy was just going off about how much overacting Bradley Cooper's doing in this movie. Like he's playing a real life person who was over the top yeah. in his personality. Yeah. I don't. I don't get that. He's doing know. it on purpose. He, I think he's great. And, and and I agree with you. I mean, I don't know that I would have given him a nomination for director, but I might have. But it it's an it's. it's Stunning achievement in direction. It is. It really is. It is. And the only reason I wouldn't, w- potentially wouldn't, would just be because there are so many others. But well, there yeah. were worse snubs in the category. There I were. Think. I'll give but you still, that. But still, I agree with you. It was. It's a gorgeous movie, and and it is a tremendous directing feat. Yeah. The way that each stage of Bernstein's life gets a whole new look, a whole new aspect ratio, it's, it's different amazing. everything. Yeah, it it's is amazing. amazing. Um, he, just quickly, he's, yes, he's nominated alongside Paul Giamatti for the holdovers. Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. See, those, stacked. God, those are stacked. So stacked. Yeah. All of those yeah. could deserve to win. Oh, All my God, yes. I mean, if I'm voting, I'm voting for Killian Murphy. Now you think he's going to win I because of SAG. I, I still think, I'm just going with my gut right here, and I could change, mm-hmm. but right now I still think Paul Giamatti is going to win. I do, um, which it, would be fine with me because he's great. Right. I mean, I would. I would absolutely vote. My vote would be for Killian Murphy. And it's it's interesting to compare the two because, and my second vote would probably be for Paul Giamatti because I love him, because I cannot believe he hasn't won an Oscar yet. And because the truth is, he's only ever been nominated for the one film I hate. I know, Cinderella that he was Man. In, Cinderella Man. So he, he didn't should get have, nominated no. for Sideways. He, he didn't, didn't get, get nominated for American and Splendor. I know. Yeah, it's, he's, it's he's been great. startling to yeah. me. And so, you know, it would not break my heart. But we've talked about this before with also, I think, the two that are neck and neck would be Emma Stone and Lily yeah, Gladstone. exactly is that the same. They're amazing performances. One is so um, external mm-hmm. and the other is so internal. Right. So Killian Murphy is so internal. Lily Gladstone is so internal. I don't know how that is done. I can't imagine how you figure out how to carry a film and they both do beautifully, and you have to express almost everything just with your face, and yeah. they both do. And I, so for me, those performances are more impressive because of that, but they're also easier to overlook because yeah. the very external performances, uh, Giamatti, brilliant, Emma Stone, brilliant, but they're easier to like hang on to when you watch them. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if we brought up the other Best Actress nominees when we're talking about Annette Bening, but... Uh, yeah, uh, she's uh, Lily Gladstone won last night the SAGs up against Emma Stone, Annette Bening uh, from Maestro. Um, um, Carrie Mulligan. From Maestro, Carrie Mulligan. And what's Sandra the, Holler. And Sandra, see, all very, very good. But I think the two the two front runners are Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. And exactly right. Yeah. They were, one is so outward and so showy and one is so internal. And actually, Carrie Mulligan's is very internal as well. It is. Not quite as much as Lily Gladstone. But uh, so I think the two, yeah, the two front runners, uh, Emma Stone and Lily Gladstone. Now, after last night, after last night, you know, I'm thinking maybe Lily, Lily has the the inside track on the Oscar. I think she's going to win. Yeah, you know, and and again, if I were voting, as good as they both are, I'd probably vote for Lily Gladstone because Emma just won not too long ago. I don't know if those things come into play. People vote how they vote for many reasons. 
But uh, man, yeah, Lily Gladstone would, was so great. Yeah, Lily Gladstone would have my my but vote all, because I'm so I'm so the the word impressed is not nearly strong enough by by those internal performances. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm so just dumbfounded at how how you can do it without. You know, without being showy, and yet I can't take my eyes off you, and you tell me so much without saying anything. I don't know how it's done, and I'm so amazed by those but performances. Then, but then you read quotes from Yorgos Lanthimos oh my God. about how they had to film out of sequence of poor things, which meant Emma Stone had to change the level of development yeah. that her character had from one scene to the next. Like, oh my God, how yeah. did you do that? Right, because, of course, they shot everything that's in the house, right? They shot all of that. You, you shoot according to your scene, mm-hmm. like your your location. So they shot the whole beginning where she's essentially an infant, right, in an adult's body, and the whole end, the end of her arc, yeah. interchangeably yeah. in the very so beginning of the film. Insane. I don't even know. That is uh, yeah, insane. That just adds more yeah. fuel to the fact that my, what a what a fantastic performance. Uh, and and they're all they're it, it's another stacked category. But uh, anyway, we kind of got off the track. That's right. But because uh, we're talking about Bradley Cooper. Because we're talking about Bradley <laughs> Cooper. That's right. Holy crap! What happened? <laughs> <laughs> the, the point is, Case 39 is is a mess. It um, is a mess. And it, it features a young actor playing the part of Lilith Sullivan and uh, both Chloe Grace Moretz and Isabel Furman from oh, The Orphan. Wow. They were both considered for that role, and uh, which is so, sort of a coincidence because the movie opened uh, in the States anyway the same week as Chloe's uh, Let Me In, which is much, much oh better. Oh, my God. Much it's better. so good. You know what, though? I, I think that the reason that the, it went... To the actor that it went to is because she looks so much like Samara in the ring. Yeah. She looks very much like her. She's small and she's got that long, long dark hair that, I mean, it's just such a bad. And then, oh my God. And then, and then they only employ uh, digital effects one time, really. And it's so bad. It's so <laughs> embarrassing. This movie is so terrible. But here's why I want to, one of the reasons that I'm always happy when Bradley Cooper gets nominated is because he's made a whole bunch of really bad horror movies. It's like back when Clooney would get nominated every year. I'm yeah. like, woohoo, because we can talk about another Grizzly 2. Clooney made a lot of bad horror. And yeah, Bradley Cooper also made, we talked about last year, My Little Eye, mm-hmm. which is uh, not good. Midnight Meat Train. It's also not good, although it is much beloved. It has become a, a cult favorite. Yeah, it has. Yeah. And then also, he's a, vo- a great movie. He's a voice in the great movie, 10 Cloverfield Lane. He's not physically in it, but his voice is in it. Mm-hmm. Just for a little bit. Uh, but case thirty nine, yeah, that's one that is just it's, it's why it's embarrassing. It is. It really it's it's so boring and such like you said, such a a lame, a, a wet rag kind of a copycat of uh, of the ring, and not good and a skeleton for Bradley Cooper. We think I don't know how he feels about it. Uh, <laughs> that's number three from two thousand nine. Okay, moving up to number two, and this features Oscar nominee. This year for Best Supporting Actress, Emily Blunt, upon his return to his ancestral homeland, an American man is bitten and subsequently cursed by a werewolf, 2010's The Wolfman. She exerts enormous power, doesn't she? Do you believe in curses? (laughs) Run free. Kill or be killed. It is glorious, isn't it? We were very, very much excited back in 2010 to see this, and then we were not. No. Uh, Real quickly, I want to run, because we haven't talked about the uh, supporting actress nominees. So, uh, America Ferrara is nominated for Barbie. Barbie. Yeah. Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple. Yeah. 
Divine Joy Randolph for the holdovers. I think that's the lockiest lock in the entire setup I think right so. there. Uh, Emily Blunt, of course, for Oppenheimer, and Jodie Foster for mm-hmm. Nyad. All, all good. All so good. But I think you're right. I think it's pretty much of a lock, especially after last night. Uh, Divine Joy Randolph won, and she gave a great speech, by the way. Yes, yeah, she did. Um, so I think that's, that's like um, like Robert Downey Jr., pretty well locked in. I'd and that would be really my surprised. vote Me as too. well, actually. And we said it like, I don't know. 15 minutes into the holdovers, we're like, yeah. damn, yeah. I think that's an Oscar, Oscar nomination waiting to happen. She's yep. amazing. I agree. And yeah, The Wolfman, um, this has so many great people in it, so many of our favorites in it. You know, Benicio Del Toro. and uh, But right away, he's playing um, Anthony Hopkins' son. You're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what? And, and of course, Emily Blunt, who's great. Hugo Weaving is in it as yeah. well. And it, you know, uh, it's just... Terrible, and of course, it's directed by uh, by Joe Johnson, who made The Rocketeer, who made Jumanji, but he's also made mostly bad movies. Mostly bad movies. I do this the worst. Yeah, I do sort of like. I mean, the look of it, I think, fits uh, until in, the effects until, kick in. Yeah, until the effects at the end. Pff, but uh, I, I was re- we were really excited about it, um, the casting, because obviously, if you're going to cast a, a Latter Day Wolf man, who's hairier? Than- <laughs> <laughs> Benicio del Toro, really? He's already halfway but he's into the a great actor. When he's a great he's actor, he's one of the all-time great yeah. actors. But uh, yeah, this was uh, really, really a disappointment. Um, and it's it's one actually. And I just saw one of my one somebody on social media the other day was uh, remarking how they watched it again for the first time in a long time, and we're thinking, you know, it's it's not so bad. I'm like, uh, no, okay, um, no. This was this got pretty ridiculous. I think there were some good. Ideas. Yeah. There were some good intentions, and I don't know but if it's of them one were of borrowed. You yeah. know, and that's. I mean, when you're well, first of all, it, it, it's it's you know, it's, it's attempting to be a remake of of the Lon Chaney uh, mm-hmm. Junior Wolfman. Yep. So obviously, there are going to be some borrowed ideas, um, and then they borrow from a lot of other uh, the classic Wolfman movies. And Hopkins, so often when he's in a horror movie, uh, like in in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and in a lot of them, he's so um, hammy. Yeah. Uh and and he he absolutely is here. He's super hammy. But I do want to say Emily Blunt does a fine job. She does a really good job in this movie. Yeah, we used to say all the time and really this was true up until she was in that sequel to the Snow White movie. Yeah. She had chemistry with every yeah. single person. Yeah. And the Snow White movie just fell apart. Which is crazy reason. if you think about it, because I it know. was her, Charlize Theron, Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Three amazing, amazing actors. And they just, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. it was weird. They're they had all no great. chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. So Emily Blunt is almost always good, yes. even yeah. when the movie's bad. And yeah, that, that is the case here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's something about it. It sort of has the feeling of too many, maybe too many cooks in the kitchen, maybe studio people getting involved. And certain, I don't know, but during it was interesting. During a uh, speech, 2011, at the Savannah Film Festival, uh, the president and chief operating officer of Universal, Ron Meyer, said that this movie was one of the two worst movies that Universal Pictures had ever made. What's the other one? Yeah, the other one, Babe, Pig in the City. What? I know. So at one half of his comment, you're like, all right, what's the other one? But no, not Babe, Pig no, in the City. No, not Babe, Pig in the City. Uh, that's, that's really I think weird. that man's dumb. And also, if you've seen the director's cut only, you get Max von Sydow in an uncredited cameo that tries to link this to Brotherhood of the Wolf. Wow. Uh, yeah. Very, very interesting. Just huh. yeah, just in the uh, uncredited cameo oh, in the director's so crazy cut. Because now I, 
I almost want to subject myself to this movie I again know. to see that. <laughs> Brotherhood of the Wolf, I love. Yeah, exactly. Uh, really quickly, though, Emily Blunt, she's no, you know, she's she's done plenty of horror movies. Now, obviously, The Quiet Place and Quiet Place 2, obviously, mm-hmm. and the upcoming Quiet Place 3. Um, those, But there's a, there's a pretty good um, horror movie from probably, it, it strikes me as like the first decade of the 2000s. I, I, I forget exactly, but it was it's called Wind Chill, and she's like a college student, and she... Uh, she accepts like a ride share with a guy who uh, quietly is trying to romance her. And um, and it does get kind of creepy. And, uh, you know, it's not brilliant, but it's pretty good. So if you haven't seen it, Windchill is worth a look, especially if you are an Emily Blunt fan. All right. So that's uh, number two on our Skeletons in the Closet for this year. And we did talk about who, who she's up against, right? We did, yeah. Okay. So not, we don't think she's going to win. Uh, we, we think don't. Divine Joy Randolph yes, is going to win. Yes, But they're all good is, is pretty much every uh, category. This year, as we talked about, good stuff. So, moving up to number one, there can only be one, and this one was from 1996. And I gotta be honest, this one, this one slipped past me. This is Oscar nominee Ryan Gosling. Teenager Earl has a vivid imagination, fueled by movies like Frankenstein and Night of the Living Dead. In Frankenstein and Me, look, you don't have to come. Okay, it's just that all the kids at school say he does the weirdest things yeah well all the kids at school don't know him and neither do you i mean you've been here for a week give him a chance i will it's just all this monster stuff is so gross that's exactly what my grandfather says about the stone what's going on it's gonna be a present for dad (laughs) who's she oh this is a karen she's from ohio we're going together where are you going she's his girlfriend dummy Hi. It's cool. Oh, yeah. What are you doing for Halloween? Just trick-or-treating, I guess. Oh, no, man. Because it's this really, really scary picture playing at the drive-in that night. I know. Night of the Living Dead. I'm there. You with me? It's hard to find this. If you want to find it, you can find uh, a version of it on YouTube that shows the whole movie as it was aired on the Disney Channel. And and so it includes they're not really commercials, but they're they're segments in between yeah. that that talk about other Disney stuff that you can watch. Uh, and that's how uh, I rewatched it. And of course, every pretty much everybody knows Ryan Gosling came out of the Disney Club or mm-hmm. what the the New Mouseketeer Club or whatever the heck it was called. But this with, is his first feature. I know. So he sort of made took that the Disney. Uh, what were they? What am I? The Mouseketeers, Mouseketeers. right? Because he was in there with uh, Brittany and Justin Timberlake, and uh, then he went into films with this. Yes, and. Burt Reynolds yeah. is in this one. Oscar nominee Burt Reynolds and Oscar winner Louise Fletcher. Yeah, and you know what? Louise Fletcher, boy, it's just another one of those roles where you're like, she took a lot of, of thankless roles she after did. winning an Oscar, and this is one of those. She's just this sort of bad lax that everybody hates. And Gosling is not the lead. He's not Earl, and he's not Earl's younger brother. He's their their friend uh, who has a girlfriend and it's funny because none of that is explained at all. You don't like there's no real reason for that. But I tell you what, the movie is a chore to watch, <laughs> but he's a charmer. Yeah, every he time always he always is. He is. I mean, his his character amounts to really not being necessary at all in the entire film, although he does pop up pretty often. And so that's nice. And he's just he's a delight. Well, you know, he's another one that seems although he's been nominated quite a few times. Mm-hmm. He's an, another one that seems a little bit underappreciated. When we talked about Bradley Cooper, and I know Ryan Gosling has not started directing yet. Maybe <laughs> he will. 
But man, he's good every time. He's good in comedies. He's so funny. Yeah. So funny. Oh, His yeah. comic timing is spot on. Oh, it's brilliant. Watch it's the perfect. nice guys. Oh, just watch, watch the nice, the nice guys. guys. Holy cow. And, and his, his comedy comedic performance in Barbie is yeah. great. But he's also great in dramas. Oh my he's god, yeah. Always, always good. Yeah, he's and, absolutely one of the most talented actors working. Yeah. There's no question about it. And he's not one yet, although he's been nom- this is at least his fourth yeah. Oscar nomination. Yeah, but again, we think he's he's not gonna win here. No. Uh, we talked about that before. Well, the Academy so rarely acknowledges an outright comedy performance. And that's what especially Ken. I mean, the movie is a comedy, but his performance in particular is mm-hmm. just hilarious. Yeah. But I still I, I still think they will this year. I still think Giamatti's gonna get it for right. a comedic performance. But you're right. Oh, overall, it usually a comedic performance does not does not win. No. I do want to say though, so Gosling, he's no stranger to horror. So he made this movie called Stay, which is pretty mediocre, but one of the reasons it's worth mentioning is because Sterling K. Brown, yeah. fellow nominee, is also in that. But it wasn't nearly bad enough to make the list, because mm-hmm. I like to do a two-for when I can. <laughs> um, and then also uh, the fairly mediocre Murder by Numbers, which yeah. is Sandra Bullock, but it's also um, Michael Pitt. Right. So he and Michael Pitt play, uh, it's, this, it's a story that, that, that's been made like a hundred times into a movie, including, including the Hitchcock movie Rope. Um, and he and Michael Pitt, Tommy Gnosis, they they play the killers, and it, 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 the movie is not very good. But again, he's good, and Michael Pitt is good, and they're a good pairing. I liked them, the two of them in that movie. Also, I know for this one, Frankenstein and Me. Again, we said it was 1996, and you wanted to give a shout out to the worst actor of the 1990s. Yes, and I feel bad saying it, but but her, her name is Miriam Sear, um, and uh, she plays she plays the kid's mother, Burt Reynolds' wife, and I remember at first not realizing at the first dinner scene that they were supposed to be husband and wife <laughs> because she seemed maybe old enough to be these boys mother but she seemed clearly young enough to be Burt Reynolds daughter <laughs> clearly and um and but then uh after the shock of that wore off i remember thinking oh my god she's just terrible she's just she's just terrible and i and i and i apologize to her <laughs> for being so but it's this is not a good movie, and mm-hmm. she really stands out. <laughs> so a big skeleton in the closet, at least for the movie. Maybe not the performance of young Ryan Gosling. <laughs> no. Kicking he's, off his, he's a delight. Kicking off his movie career, but it's number one this year on our list of skeletons in the closet. Frankenstein and me from 96. Look it up. Okay. <laughs> uh, looking ahead to it next time, we're going to be back at Gateway Film Center, where we love to be for our March Fright Club Live. That's going to be Friday, March 8th. And what are we doing? Well, we're going to show the movie Splinter, which nice. is a really fun creature feature. I mean, it's it's oh, not, yeah, I remember. It's not a comedy when I say fun, but I, you know, I love a creature feature. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about parasites and horror. And of course, as you know, George, we've started showing short films in advance of the feature films. And uh, we're going to show a very, very funny uh, horror comedy called Born Again, yes. uh, director and a good friend of our Jason Tostevin's film. Uh, so looking forward to that. Yeah, Jason was one of the well co-star and producer on Obstacle Corpse, mm-hmm. and also Randall, um, who was a co-star in yes. Obstacle Corpse. It stars in this movie. Stars in this movie, yeah, and yeah. it's really and, funny. And t- Tiffany. Oh yeah, Tiffany also yeah. a co-star. They play a couple. In our film. In our film, Obstacle Corpse. Yeah. But this They're more is, adversarial in yes, uh, Born Again. <laughs> yeah, this, this is really funny. Well written, well acted, well shot. And uh, this is going to be... I, I, I don't. I think a lot of people probably being in Columbus probably will have seen it already. Maybe. But, but for the ones that haven't, 
Uh, this will be fun, and especially seeing it on the big screen. So, so yeah. Randall Greenland and Tiffany Kiley. I mean, yeah. we should probably say their last names. Oh, did we? <laughs> <laughs> we know them by their first names. Yeah. You may not. Just check the credits of Obstacle <laughs> Corps. But, yeah, that'll be good. That'll be on Friday, March 8th. So that's uh, the next Fright Club Live. And the next time we'll be in the studio later in March, we're going to do a make good. We are. We were supposed to have uh, our friend Jamie Ray from Fave 5 from Fans on Oh, quite a few months ago. I think it was November. I know it was November because I was so sick. Yeah, as you have, this whole winter for you has sucked. It has sucked. You have gone from one illness to another. I know. And we're coming out of it now. We're feeling good. It's spring. The sun's shining. We're ready. For health and well-being, and we're going to talk to Jamie That's right. about telephones. telephones. Yeah, that was the one oh, I remember, because I remember when I messaged him and told him that uh, we weren't going to do it because you were probably still actively vomiting at the moment, <laughs> at the moment. And he's like, oh, well, no. <laughs> but we love Jamie, yes. uh, and that is going to be fun, so we'll talk about telephones. So a lot going on, but right now it's all about Oscars uh, coming up on March 10th. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of Oscars and podcasts, we're also very excited because we're going to make our yearly appearance on our buddy Dino's uh, Dino Tripodis' podcast, Whiskey Business. That's right. A really fun podcast, and they have us on every year about this time, uh, Dino and John and Greg, to talk about the Oscars. Right. And Dino is Give a, our predictions. Dino is a member of SAG. Right. He's an actor working on uh, his latest film right now, getting ready to shoot, called Down to the Felt, which yes. we look uh, forward to very much. But anyway... Yeah, so he has on every every year. We drink a little drink a little whiskey, talk some Oscars. I mainly drink Diet Pepsi. I'm not really a whiskey drinker, to be honest so with we'll you. So we'll be taping that and then let you know when that's going to be out, but that'll be soon. So all about Oscars right now, but what do you think? Disagree? Maybe you love some of these movies. I know there's some love for, at least I saw some, like I mentioned, the other day for The Wolfman, but uh, let us love? know. Love? Like. Some like. <laughs> There's uh, some ambivalence. <laughs> or maybe there's some even <laughs> That's we missed. right. Maybe you know a skeleton that we haven't uncovered, some other closet we haven't opened. No, please tell us. Uh, let us know. We yeah. would be excited we to learn. We want to know. You can uh, find us easily at uh, Fright Club Pod. That's on Twitter. Also, uh, MadWolf.com is the main website. MadWolf Columbus on Facebook and Instagram and threads. And we got the uh, dedicated Fright Club podcast group, Invite Only on Facebook. So uh, join. We'd love to have you just put a request in and boom, we'll get you involved. And that's always fun. We talk about the movies. We have some fun. We, of course, share memes. That's always good. And just keep up on the news and uh, keep up on the fright clubbiness of it all. <laughs> just made up that word. So, yeah. So uh, keep in touch if you can. Uh, enjoy the movies. Enjoy the Oscars. Do it. Feel free to debate them. Let's do it. Ignore the haters. That's we right. like this. We that's like right. to We like to argue about it. Who got snubbed? Uh, who deserves more, and uh, we'll see who's going to get the hardware come March 10th. But, again, keep in touch if you can. Have a great week, and until we uh, do this again, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And stay frightful, my friends.